1: stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. (laughs) Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will in my body, and I will never, ever let you down.
2: Happy Monday, everybody! This is Rory Sauter. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. Uh, It is amazing to be with all of you. I hope you all had a great weekend. I have missed you since our last show on Thursday. Um, Every episode, first and foremost, I want to thank all my audience, my sponsors, uh, my guests, and my co-hosts. You guys are amazing and unbelievable and you're the reason the show keeps moving forward it, it just keeps getting better and better. So thank you for that. Uh, I want to let everyone know as always we are listened to on 20 uh on over 60 on over 60 online platforms and in 22 different countries. Again, that's on over 60 online platforms and in 22 different countries everybody listen to. Uh the show just keeps getting more and more fans and uh again, thank you all. Uh, it, it's so Unbelievable, and just such a great gift and and an amazing treat. Um, I also want to um, welcome co-host, businessman, Twitter master, activist, and political strategist, Bill Lambert. How are you, buddy?
3: Good. How are you, Rory? Thanks for having me.
2: Doing well, man. Try to have uh, no noise in the background if you can. Uh, um, I also want to welcome to the show uh, College Republicans United. And Chairman of Republicans United, Kevin DuKuyper. How are you, buddy? I'm doing wonderful,
4: Rory. How are you? Uh,
2: doing very well, man. Um, I, I wanna, I wanna get into you know something that's really uh, been bothering me, guys. And this is really was a huge trend on Twitter over the weekend. And I don't know how this it's acceptable. I don't know how it's tolerated. But for some reason. Uh, What the left does is usually they do things – well, well, actually, not usually. They always do things that are divisive, that are going to cause problems, that are going to create a negative narrative. Um, Look at the term white privilege. I mean, I keep hearing that shit over and over and over, and let's face it. It doesn't exist. It's a huge myth. It's racist, and the Democrats use that term – when they lose an argument or, or when something doesn't go their way, you know, and it's so vile, it's so gross and disgusting. And, you know, we, and it's such a double standard because it really is no different than calling some other, some other race, uh, you know, the end, calling a black person, the N word calling, um, you know, Mexicans, uh, bad names, Uh, you know, saying, uh, you know, all these, all these different uh, racist, uh, you know, terms are, are are the same as white privilege. I mean you're you're basically putting every white person in a box, you're generalizing and, and what you fail to talk about is the forty percent of white homeless homeless uh, white homeless people in our country. Forty percent of of the homeless uh, population in our country are made up of white people. Are they privileged? What about all the people that have to go to their nine to five and, and work their ass off? For everything they've ever gotten, are they are they privileged? I mean, it is the most ignorant, and I, I don't know. I don't know how it gets any more ignorant than that. And it, it's such a misleading uh, term. Uh, I can't get around it. I can't. It, it bothers me probably the most. It's one of the main things that bothers me the most about the Democrats that this, this term, because you have entitled people that will throw this out in an argument uh, just, just to be, um, you, you know, little fucks, just to be, you, you know, shitheads, just to, just to be people that, that want to uh, sound condescending. They, they, want, they want to throw that term out there because they have nothing else, and, and they want to basically make white people feel that. I mean, we, we've been seeing this for a long time. I mean, at least, well, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's grown a lot in the last couple of years like extensively, and you have these people on the, on the left that are pretty much blaming white men for all their problems. Oh, it's the white guy's fault. Uh, it's, it's the white guy's fault. You know, uh, old white men. And that's what we hear now in the Democratic Party. Over and over. I mean, okay, what's Bernie Sanders then, guys? What's Joe Biden? They look like old white men to me. So your statements are, they contradict and they, don't have, they really don't have any merit. And somebody says that to my face, we're going to have some big fucking problems. You can say that on shit on social media, you know, and, and hide yourself and act all tough. But you say that shit to me, I'm not going to fucking tolerate that crap. It, 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 it's over and over the, the derogatory names for white people. We have white privilege, and, you know, we have other terms, obviously, as well that they use towards us. It's such a – it's such a, 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 so misleading. And what do you call black successful people? What do you call Asian successful people? Asian privilege? Black privilege? What well, about Hispanic successful people? That, I mean, what, 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 what do we have to do in order for these people to have proper logic? There is no logic in the term uh, white privilege. Uh, Bill, go ahead.
3: Well, they, that, that's their way of rationalizing to themselves of, of not accomplishing anything and gives them a way to blame individuals for things that aren't the individual's own actions. So it's, they've also changed the, the dynamic of racism to where only whites can be racist. Blacks can't be racist. Hispanics can't be racist. Nobody but only whites now in their narrative Are are racist and that's you know that's that's how they're going to that's I mean that's a that's part of the identity politics that's that's the whole reason to do it when you have no argument or nothing nothing substantial to to debate on you have to attack and if you don't have anything to attack people on then you have to create ways where you can attack somebody in a roundabout way and blame them for things that somebody did 200 years ago.
2: Yeah, and, and that goes into the whole slavery reparation shit. I mean, we're, we're getting lectured about things that don't even apply to us. You know, you know sure, there's some ancestors that had slaves that, that you, know, did, you know, acted like this. But there's a lot, of, a lot of white people that never had ancestors who owned slaves. And they're generalizing by saying slavery reparations. I mean, if that, if that is not putting somebody in a box, if that's not putting blacks in a box, then I don't know what the fuck is. That, I mean, I, I think that statement's a little racist towards the black people. Because you're putting these people in a yeah. box. You're trying to treat them as victims. You're not letting them be human beings. You're not letting them act like adults. You're you're having them cry and and creating this divisive narrative where their job is to start blaming white people for their past. Give me a break. And so many times, and I'll say it again, the only reason racism still exists in this country is because people won't stop talking about it. What do the Democrats do every election cycle? They bring up race. They say how oppressed black people are. They say how oppressed Asian people are. They say how oppressed Hispanic people are. And they're still saying that right now. Really? Really? They're oppressed? We got the lowest black unemployment history. We got the lowest Hispanic unemployment history. And we got the lowest Asian unemployment history. I I don't see the oppression. We got the lowest record number of uh, of people on food stamps now. With Obama, it was at record highs. Uh, more people on food stamps than ever But America's Being put back to work And you know Everyone who's Whoever ever Calling Trump a racist Just shut the fuck up already Just shut up That is about as an irrational That's about as uh, ira- That's about as irrational as it gets With making that sort of Idiotic and, and statement With no merit Mike Tyson came out the other day and defended Trump. And Mike Tyson even says he doesn't like the way they treat Trump, and Trump's always been a close friend of his, and he thinks Trump's doing a good job as president. You have, to, you have perhaps arguably the toughest fighter in the history of boxing coming out and praising our president. Uh, and anybody, if anybody knows where Mike Tyson came from, he came from one of the roughest areas. Uh, and, and Mike Tyson said Trump does not have a racist bone in his body. Floyd Mayweather said the same thing. Trump Trump is a good person, great businessman, and doing well as president. Um, Kevin, go ahead.
4: Oh, yes. Well, the left marginalizing the our in-group preferences that founded our country, and um, we're talking mostly white people, Christian people, straight people, mostly men. I mean, this is just part of their playbook. It, it's all about oppression and who has a well. They view it as a superiority or a uh, you know that they're being oppressed by these groups. And it's always been this way since at the very least since the Frankfurt School of political thought in, in Germany, founded by um, or centered around Karl Marx. And so they believe that if uh, you know the counter to Christianity would be atheism and nihilism, or the counter to white people is, uh, giving privilege to uh, other racial groups, and uh, the counter to straightness would be promoting the LGBT community. I mean this is just part of their playbook, and this is what's to be expected. And uh, mm-hmm. I would say that we need to you know knock these uh, concepts down and really uh, I would say bring about a uh, well protected <laughs> class, I think for the uh, for the Republican party, which usually stands up for these you know straight white, um, Christian groups, um, just like uh, the left's preferences, uh, preferential groups are being um, protected. So uh, it's just to be expected with the left. I mean, it's very cultural Marxist, and it's, uh, it's heading down the road of socialism and destroying our, our national sovereignty, really, and, and the people that founded our country.
2: Oh, it really is. And, you know, it, right when everything's going good – for the minority communities, Democrats have to come in and interrupt that. They they have to start brainwashing and and throwing all these different um, things down down minorities' throats and, and totally leading them the wrong way. Democrats can't be happy for America's success. You know they always need to be running on an agenda. They always need to be you know running on something uh, that uh, you know keeps them. Uh, and their political party afloat because they really don't have anything to run on except victim mentality. That's all I see these days. That is all I see. Bill.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, what's the last thing that they really accomplished that, that, you know, anybody, and it, it was a disaster when they accomplished it with, with Obamacare and a billion dollar website. Who now pays a billion dollars for a freaking website? um you know i mean it, it's it, it they they have they don't have you you're right they don't have anything to to rationally debate anybody with on on things that that matter so again, they have to go with this hate and hate mongering, and people are evil, and and they're you know the Republicans and the GOP are going to destroy you, and Trump's a racist, and you know and if you call them out on it, they you know they'll point out, well Trump said Mexicans are all rape. No, he didn't say that. You you know listen to what he said. Same thing with with the thing down in what North Carolina. He, you know, that's all taken out of context and, and to create an, and a narrative that takes people away from really thinking about things and just gets them to react in a, in a harsh manner. And you, you, you when you have two mad people, you, you never get anything accomplished. And it's, it, it doesn't matter if it's two people or two sets of people like we have now. You're never going to, and that's what we see reflective in Washington. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, we, we are the, we are the adults about it. We are the people, you know, that uh, the way we have to hear these kind of things and the way we have to stomach some of these ideologies, I tell you, we are pretty brave the way we, um, uh, you know, just the way all these fake narratives get created. And, and, and we you know we somehow re- remain sane uh but not all of us i mean there's a lot of people that lose their shit over these sort of uh social justice warrior tactics um but i will say that uh these sort these race baiting i was just thinking about this today and and i'm all for free speech you know don't get that twisted and i know some, in some way, in a sense, race-baiting goes into freedom of speech. People can, say, people can say and pretty much do whatever they want as long as they're not you know, breaking laws or, or, or causing serious mischief. But I think race-baiting should be on the frowned upon or some sort of illegal side in a sense. Because you, Trump has got you – know, I, I don't want to get too carried away here because I think it's a long shot. But um, I will say this. If Trump signed some sort of bill that kind of, you know, just slowed this whole situation down with race baiting, or, or, you know, or if people started doing it, you know, there would be some sort of consequence. Uh, Because we have all of these false alarms and all these people that are crying wolf and overly using the word racist when it has no merit or logic. Usually they use it when they lose an argument or a debate. So I, you're really, you're really, I mean, they're really messing with people's lives when they call people racist and stuff, because there's some people, yes, that just say, ah, whatever. Uh, and there's other people that are pissed off of being accused of something so ridiculous. Uh, what do you think, Bill?
3: Well, I, I, you know, Jesse Jackson and Sharpton and, and, look at, you know, look, they've. I want to
2: say, Bill, I want to say, I want to say before you continue, look at all the violence and all of the, craziness that race baiting causes look at all of, of i mean the, these sort of situations escalate so damn quickly and people get hurt in these sort of situations because uh, you know it, it, it's one of those things uh, go ahead continue though
3: well, it's a, it's the mentality of, of of where where they're located at. You know, I mean, if you think that that the populations are higher for black people in New York and in L.A. and things like that, they're really not. They're they're pretty pretty much uniform across the nation, except you don't you don't see in Kansas City, Missouri, this going on, and you don't because the the people in the in you know what's referred to as the flyover states don't take sides and say everybody's evil and we're against you they they weren't you know I live in a small town with about 12,000 people and you know that there really isn't that type of, of racism in interaction and and you know the way you treat somebody or it doesn't matter who if they're Mexican or black or Asian or if you're standing in the grocery line you talk to them or you open a door for them when you're walking in and you ask them how they are and all that now if I go into Dallas And I have a Trump hat on, which I I always have a Trump hat on when I go into Dallas. But, you know, I walked into 7-Eleven a few months ago, and I was walking in, and I could feel somebody behind me. I didn't know who was behind me, but I could feel that there was somebody behind me. I grabbed the door and opened the door and stepped aside to let whoever it was to go in in front of me. And it was a black woman. And she looked at me and said, I don't need no white man to open the door for me. And... I didn't even, you know, I didn't know if she was black, green, purple, woman, frog. I just felt there that I could hear, you know, how you do and, and was just being a nice person and and being, you know, being respectful to another human being. Didn't matter about race and all that. But immediately, because I was a man and because I was a white and I opened the door for her, she, by this narrative that the left has created for these, they've created a belief system of white people are bad that's the reaction I got for just simply opening a door and stepping to the side so she could walk in in front of me.
2: Yeah. And that, and here, here's the crazy part. And this should blow anyone's mind and this should drive anybody crazy because in this country, we're all about fairness. The fact that black people can say all these racist remarks to white people and nobody bats an eye, but the minute a black, uh, the, the minute, so, yeah, when a black person treats a white person in a racist way, nobody bats an eye. But the minute a white person treats a black person in a bad way, all hell fucking breaks loose. The double standard is unreal. And it's sick. And it's sad. Because we're supposed to keep – hold everyone accountable. We're supposed to eliminate racism completely. You know, we're not that's, – that's not, that's not the American way anymore. You know, this, this isn't hundreds of years ago. Uh, we, we, we've overcome that part of history, and, and it just seems like the Democrats want to drag us back there. You know, it's, um, it's well. Of I think. That,
5: yeah. I think. Oh, go ahead, Bill. I
3: I think I think that we, you know, you have to let people work things out, and that's what's not happening now. That's you. You can't. You. It's just like the 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 left who you know they've created a situation where. Failure isn't a a aspect of growth to success, so now failure is not an option on in their belief system, so in order to not fail, you have to have socialistic programs and you have to give this and you have to give a trophy every time you present. And, and that's really not how life works. You you know, I I saw a commercial once of Michael Jordan and, you know, he said, I missed the game winning shot 99 times, but yeah, I made it so many other times. And, and what he was saying was is that those failures led me to the success that I had. And, and that's the same thing. You, you have to let fall down when they're running. So they learn not to fall down. You have to, you know, you, you, you have to let people fail you know, when I first started a business, I failed. But I learned, yeah. you know, a tremendous amount. And the second time, I didn't. And that's the same thing. That's how life has to be. It's, it's, you know, the old adage of survival of the fittest has to apply. And any time you go away from that natural order of things, it's, it, it never works. Right.
2: And, let, and let's, let's face the facts that government and politicians, especially on the left, has been using race to divide us for the long, I mean, for the longest time. I mean, that's, that's what the left does. That's their narrative. Uh, Kevin, go ahead.
4: You're absolutely right, Rory. And the number one thing that I I think about all this is that it's only against white people, this whole uh, racism uh, debacle. It's only hurting white people because it seems to me that all these other races, they're able to say whatever they want for the most part without facing any consequences. But you look at people highly, highly successful people like uh, Papa John, mm-hmm. for example, you know, he had used the N word in you know, in a context that was not, you know, derogatory or demeaning, but um, right. just because he had uttered the word, it had uh, made him lose his, his career out of it. And you know, this yeah. happens widespread through through all these white communities that, you know, you say an off color joke and you just lost your job, you lost your friends yep. it's uh yep. it, it I don't see this happening to the other races Um, and uh, especially uh, within the Republican party, you could, you know, lose your job or career for saying something partisan, something, you know, politically like you support Trump and you support uh, the the things that he supports on his platform. So um, I would really like to see some of these, um, some of these attacks on on white people for
2: uh, just having an opinion Right. And, let, and let's face it. Let, let's face it, guys. White, white conservative Christians are the most targeted people in America. They are. They are. At this point, it, don't let any other narrative fool you. White Republican Trump supporters are the, are, are the main target. They are the most attacked. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen over 300 uh, Trump hate crimes. Uh, in the last year, and this is from Democrats coming after Trump supporters. It's, it's not the other way around, like CNN and MSNBC want you to believe. Um, I do want to welcome uh, ISIS escapee, radical Islam expert, activist, and best selling author IQ Al Razuli. IQ, your thoughts, buddy.
6: Well, I, I find it very strange that white people in America today are on defensive. Why are you on defensive? I mean, why are white people on defensive and allowing Latinos and black people to attack them? What have the Latinos and black people contributed to America to start with? What have they contributed to humanity, uh, human advancement uh, in general in the last 500 years? No, this is not racism. They are the racists. The reason America today is divided was eight years of Obama everybody misses this item you were doing extremely well until obama came i'm an outsider looking in i have not asked to grind one way or the other until obama came america was doing very well racially intellectually spiritually you name it you do very well but eight years of obama created the divide in every way, shape, and form. You're divided. But you're, you shouldn't be on the defensive. Now you have white American leaders are apologizing for being white. Yeah. Stupid animals. Why? Without white people and contribution of white people to civilization in every way, there would be no advancement anywhere in the world. Who created everything? from cars, planes, electricity, transportation. Who did it? Am I right or am I wrong, Roy? Tell me.
2: Very well said. I agree with you. Um, And, and, yeah, very well said. And and let's face it. Nobody should ever apologize for who they are. The fact that anybody's uh, apologizing for being white is sickening. It's ignorant. It's beyond disgraceful. Uh, Mike Peters, go ahead And then I want to take a quick commercial I'm going to introduce um, our guest. But uh, Mike Peters, go ahead
7: I think the best way to counter it And take these people on and shut them up Is to use the same tactics they use on us Which is sarcasm When you ridicule them and turn them And their, their platform into a joke Something that everybody will laugh at They hide in the shadows They don't like that Uh, so I, I just use the same tactics against them, whether it's second amendment stuff, I'll put up some of the stuff louder by Crowder, uh, you know, and, and really ridicule them and show them how ridiculous they sound. And and it usually works. And that's, that's the way that I handle it. All right.
2: Well said, we're going to go to commercial 30 seconds and we'll be right back with our guests.
7: Would you know what to do in the event of an active
8: shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security
7: is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday
8: save lives. Sign up at skyraysecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes, or call
9: 240-888-0682.
2: All righty. We are back. The Rory Sodder Show. Listen to worldwide, coast to coast. Listen to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. Everybody, it's great to be back with you. I do want to welcome... Uh, back to the show. Nationally syndicated radio show host, successful businessman, columnist, and political activist Gary Goldman. How are you, buddy?
0: Good, Rory. How are you doing tonight?
2: Uh, doing well. Great to have you here. Um, I also want to welcome uh, popular talk show host, 20, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author Daryl Kane. Daryl Kane, how are you, buddy? Welcome back. I'm doing great. We
8: got a uh, pretty pretty hot episode tonight, so hopefully they uh, they don't come shut us down.
2: So. This will be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, well said, Gary. Gary, first I <laughs> want to go to you. Um, we, were, we were just talking about this whole absurdity with white privilege, how people are apologizing for being white. Uh, and this has overtaken our society uh, from the left. I mean, the left has treated this narrative. Uh, like like it's the the most important thing. We're talking about slavery reparations. We're talking about all this different idiotic crap that uh, is. In a lot of ways, it's racist, Gary. It's racist. It's putting blacks in a box and different minorities. It's putting all of you know these people in a category and treating them like victims. It's sad. It really is. But your thoughts?
0: Well, first of all. You know, we, we this all started under President Obama. President Obama Absolutely. figured a way to divide the country, and he and and he used race to that degree right off the bat. And we see where it has brought us. But you know, they're trying to use this and use that quote unquote political uh, correctness uh, syndrome, I like to call it, to make us feel bad or apologize for things. And I think that's the trap we ha- we cannot fall into. I have this conversation on my show every week. Someone will call up and, and you know belittle uh, an individual, a male individual, because he's a white male, and you have you know you did X Y Z in the past. So you know you, you can there's a couple of ways to handle it. You get into you can get into a conversation, and a, a lot of people fall to their knees and just start apologizing for things that they're being accused of that of being falsely accused of, which is totally ridiculous. I tend to listen to these comments, uh, make a snide remark or two, and move myself on, because I'm not going to fall into the trap of discussing something that I do not feel is even relevant to the conversation of the world today, in, in today's day and age. So it's almost a trap where we fall into when we start conversing, and when we start apologizing, it is absolutely absurdity. Yeah, I
2: mean, you have people apologizing for being white on the left, and, and they're saying, you know, how their white privilege has gotten them so far. And now you have this new trend online, and I'm seeing these videos. People, white people on the left are so weak and, and whiny and completely ignorant and idiotic that they're, get, they're getting, and this is on the street, these, these are in videos that they're getting on their knees and kissing black, black man's boots and stuff. And these are, this is all over social media. Like, like there's multiple videos and different black people are, are having white people get on their knees and showing how much they care about diversity. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Am I living in a different universe?
0: No, you're not living in a different universe. What's happening is most on the left live and die by what they read online or in the mainstream media. They can't form opinions on their own. So what they hear is what they start to practice. It almost it's a religion for them. And, and, they, and yeah. they just start practicing this stuff. And they like you said, they 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 apologize. I mean, look at Joe Biden's comments a couple of weeks ago, about, <laughs> uh, you know, about white privilege. Now, if he was in charge of the hearings. For those Supreme Court hearings, and now he's coming out and saying, you know, white, you know, the white guys, we, we just, you know, we took advantage of this situation. I yeah, mean, and, absolutely and to absurdity. Say Anita Hill was innocent. We know Anita right. Hill was 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 totally lying, and Clarence Thomas was set up. Right, he was set up, and but just to, I, I'm listening to him and I'm saying, you kidding me? The hypocrisy coming out of your voice right now, because if you're the chairman yeah. of this committee, you could have changed the tone of the meeting, but you didn't want to, yeah. and you you're backpedaling now. To you know, think it's if you run for president, which I hope he does not, and I don't think he's going to. Touchy-feely <laughs> Joe, Creepy I think Joe. is all done. But yeah, he's. I think he's all done. But you know, to start apologizing after the fact and pandering to this this craziness is ridiculous. But those on the left cannot form opinions on their own. So whatever they hear and whatever they read, they they go with it. They you know it's it's a cult, and you know this apologetic stuff and 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 this political correctness stuff. Again, my my feeling is I will talk about it with people to a degree, and then I just – and not because I don't want to to deal with it, but the more you talk with them about it, the more I feel you're feeding the fire uh, because there's nothing there to discuss. If we're going to turn – this is what I told somebody the other day. I said, turn your head to the side or as far back as you can and try to walk forward. You're going to be all over the place. That's what we're doing as Americans when we fall into this nonsense. We can't yeah, look toward the very, future. We're worrying about everything from the past.
6: Yeah,
2: very well said. You're absolutely right, uh, Daryl. I know you wrote a book about all uh, all this, you know, political correctness crap and all these different uh, yeah. subjects. What are your thoughts on this? You you've probably researched this a bunch lately.
8: Well, yeah, yeah. You know, and I want to correct you. I really appreciate being called a, a best selling author, but uh, just a lowly self published at this point. But <laughs> Yeah, we, we wrote this book actually originally in 2014. And uh, the, the, the book, again, uh, Cultural Cancer, Treating the Disease of Political Correctness. I want to kind of push back on some comments earlier, uh, basically tracing this back to Obama. I, I think it actually goes back much further than that. I look at the Obama administration more as the crowning jewel of a sort of 50-year strategy of white replacement enacted by the left. and And what this really comes down to fundamentally is that the, the American left convinced white Americans apply to everyone but them, right? And we all grew up in this age where, like, every month in school, it's like diversity month, and, you know, Pablo brings in his tacos, and we all talk about tacos, and, you know, and everyone is encouraged to promote, uh, you know, their ethnic identity. And at the same time, you know, whites are, are uniquely uniquely been told that they're not allowed to do that, and that any expression of white identity is, you know, regarded as, as a – a completely heinous and, and unacceptable act. And, you know, simultaneously as the left did this, and, and they did this at a time where whites were, again, a 90% majority in the country, which we were prior to the, you know, the immigration reform of, of 1965 and all of that stuff. So, you know, at the time being, the, the, the premise that, that whites would need to, you know, speak about their identity, they sort of accepted the fact that that was something that they simply didn't need to be aware of. But simultaneously, the left sort of purchased all of these penny stocks and all of the little, uh, you know, mini ethnic groups that at this point were something like two and three of the percent of the population. I mean, this was primarily a biracial country. You had a ninety percent white majority, and then you had a nine or ten percent, you know, black minority, and then you had a very small. Section of the population were these other groups, and the left sort of cleverly began growing these other groups through immigration and policies and and frankly systemic racism. I talk about this a lot that there there are billions of dollars. Actually, I, I don't have the exact figure because they they they're very sneaky with this, but but there is a substantial amount of money on an annual basis that has paid out exclusively based upon. The person not being white or not being a man, right? You have all of these diversity scholarships, diversity business programs, and you know so on and so forth. Where if you're a minority and you're starting a business, you can get like a two hundred thousand dollar annual loan with an absurdly low APR, and all of these types of things subsidized by the government. This is again, this is the white replacement strategy of the left, and. And really, what the conservative movement, their reaction to this, and this is really why we're at the point where we're at right now, because the Conservative Party uh, did not properly defend the core base of this country. they completely mm-hmm. neglected them and they and they backed down on this this central topic and and now mm-hmm. you know the, the thing has been well, okay, so let's just get away from identity politics let's just you know maybe mm-hmm. at some point in time the Republican party will actually uh, you know, gain the temerity to actually say let's let's end this and that. And now, like that conversation is starting, and that's all well and good. But the problem is, for the, the younger generation, the Generation Z, you know, these young whites, and this is why you're seeing this really radical right wing coming up from that generation. They're already a minority. Okay, they're looking at in yeah. an under twenty, under fifteen. They're they're a thirty forty percent, and yet the system. The, the white replacement strategy is still in full effect. So their, their applications are being placed on the bottom of every stack for, you know, for college applications, and then also when they go into the workplace. So they're looking out into a future where they're going to be a minority in a country that has been raised around the, – and they're simultaneously being pushed back while being told that they're the ones that are privileged. Uh, so, so, so for them now, this, this concept of, well, let's just have a ceasefire on identity politics, they're, they're almost not – they're not willing to accept that offer anymore. Right? That offer is sort of being rescinded because it was, it was not accepted, and now you, what you're seeing is that, is that in fact whites are seeing a necessity to have their own identity politics just as all other groups do. And you know, it's, it's sort of an unfortunate thing that we're here, but this is, this is the reality. And you know conversations about like let's just let's just poke fun at these things, and that's almost not enough anymore and 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 there's a problem now because you know time is sort of against us, right, and time yeah. is against, especially these young kids they're looking at this they don't have time for these things to be figured out they're demanding identity just like everyone else and. And you know that's a major driving factor in the conservative movement, and, and of course the establishment mm. is terrified about that, because the establishment has yep. already has already sold out on their future. They're not interested right. in changing that future. You know they're right. preparing for the post-Western America. They're preparing for uh, you know the, the white minority status so again. The fact that a country that was ninety percent white in a matter of sixty or seventy years. That that group is going to be a minority group. I mean, that is like almost there are very few things in history that you can parallel that to, um, and they're they're sort of transacting for that. So so what they're doing, they're they're abandoning the white base. They're chasing after yes. you know the Candace Owens and anybody that yes. they can show that they don't just represent whites. And this isn't an attack on people like Cand- Candace Owens is a tremendously impressive young lady. She does great right. work for the conservative movement and very supportive of right. her. But the problem is the frustration that you're seeing on the base and this, this schism is expanding is, is that, you know, they're being left behind. And they're seeing the own the party that is allegedly the party that's defending them, they're selling them out just as quickly as the left.
6: Yeah,
2: unbelievable, man. Wow, very, very, very well said. Bravo, bravo. Um, I do, I do want to uh, switch topics. If anybody has any final thoughts, go ahead.
6: Look, let me put a few questions. People speak about white people in the United States of America. Does anybody know who goes under the group of white people? Did you know that white people go under Caucasians? Do do they know that Arabs and Jews, Semites, are under Caucasian? When AOC speaks about her group Latinos. Does she know that she's part and parcel of the so-called white people? They don't even know what they're yeah. talking about. Something else. They want reparations. Why? Not a single American <clears throat> out of 338 million has had any slaves or their father had any slaves. Why should they give him compensation? Why? The, why aren't the black people asking for compensation from the Arabs and the Muslims? After all. It was the Arabs and the Muslims who slaughtered 140 million Africans so that they sell 14 million to the Americas. Why isn't anybody in America pointing these out? And these are facts, not fiction. Why are you on the defensive? I I keep asking the question. Why are you on the defensive? You should be on the offensive. You have the facts in your hand.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: IQ, IQ, you make a great point and You're absolutely right, and it's one of those things. Uh, it's sad the way the left has gone to this to this level and to this sort of uh, you know just disgrace. I mean, it's so despicable. I mean, uh, the most craziest thing I think I well at least one of them that I've ever seen in politics, and I don't know how to answer it. I, I, you know, I know these. I know why the left does it because they know their base is going to eat it up. They know they're going to buy into it. Their base. There, there was a saying back in the day in the nineties: if Bill Clinton took a shit in the middle of the street, everybody, all the Democrats would go eat it. Like, you know, it's just unbelievable how these people can be so misled and so easily uh, manipulated and brainwashed. It's hilarious. Uh, I do want. I do want to switch topics. Um, I really. I want to get into. You know this border crisis. I talk about it all the time, but over the weekend, there's been a lot more uh, craziness happening at the the border. Uh, President Trump uh, has had enough, and he's ready to shut it down. I mean, we are uh, death. We. I mean, it's said right here that over a million illegal aliens are expected to arrive in the U.S. this year. Over a million illegal aliens. I mean. It doesn't end. I mean, we saw President Trump recently halted aid to El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, uh, as this whole overwhel- this overwhelming, uh, you know, invasion uh, has happened. And you know that's good. He's cutting to these countries, and now they're saying, "Oh, well, we'll we'll try and stop it. You know, we'll look we'll look harder and, and we'll watch more carefully because we we want our money, we want our foreign aid. Because let let's let's face it." So when Trump plays these, you know, this sort of hardball, it has them you know, basically you know, obviously apologizing a ton and basically saying, oh, we'll try better, we'll try better, we don't want to lose our money. So you have to do stuff like that if you want to get through to these people. Otherwise, they'll just keep sending them and sending them and sending them. And they have all these loopholes. They have all these loopholes that they use. And it doesn't stop. It is scary. And we know why the Democrats want them here. They want the votes. Uh, Let me play this quick clip. And then I'm going to go to you, uh, Gary. Uh, I want to play what Trump said uh, the other day uh, about what he's going to do about the border. And then here, listen to to the left and the media respond.
1: Crazy. You see what's happening to women. You see what's happening to children. It's a horrible situation. And Mexico could stop it right at their southern border. They have a southern border, and they could, and they have a border that could be very well structured. It's very easy for them to stop people from coming up, and they don't choose to do it. Well, we're not going to give them hundreds of billions of dollars and tell them that they're not going to use their strong immigration laws to help the United States. So there's a very good likelihood that I'll be closing the border next week, and that'll be just fine with me. That is a crisis. Why are we talking about closing the border? Um, because
10: not for spite and not to, not to try and, and, and uh, we don't have any wall. Um, we hate to say we told you so, but we told you so. Isn't this also
11: self-defeating? Taking away aid from those countries ultimately will make the migration crisis
5: worse. Look, there, there's, there's, there's a lot
10: of good ways to help solve this problem. Congress could do it, but they're not going to. Mexico could help us do it. They need to do a little bit more. Honduras could do more. Nicaragua could do more. El Salvador could do more. And if we're going to give these countries hundreds of millions of dollars, we would like them to do more. That, uh, Jake, I would respectfully submit to you, is not an unreasonable position.
11: We have never seen a surge like this. It's coming from the Northern Triangle Company. How can people deny what they see, which is these caravans day by day, the people coming from the Northern Triangle countries and trying to come through this country? And there there are very deplorable conditions that many of them are facing. Yeah, but the you're
3: going to make the conditions worse. The Kelly, conditions are off already off awful.
11: The conditions are already awful.
10: What I went down to the border, we have a crisis. Uh, we need we need more barriers, uh, so we have operational control, we need more people and we need more technology. I'm very disappointed that I walked into this job what 3 months ago with the government shut down and the Democrats don't want to
0: give any money for border security. That's wrong. Well, we're going to do everything we can to stop it. It's totally absurd. Look, you have
4: How can you a stop the state well, are already
0: you, trying to enact the cut. Well, you can stop it by overriding what he is doing and making sure that we fund these programs. When the president says he's going to close the border, that is a totally
7: unrealistic boast on his part. What we need to do is focus on what's happening in Central America. Many countries are dissembling before our eyes, and people are desperately coming to the United States. The president's cutting off aid to these countries will not and, you know, they
2: need to hold up their end of the bargain. I mean, there, there's no excuses for this crap. They want money from us. They do, you know, uh, you know what, what we say and, and what we tell them. I mean, why should we be – I love what Trump did. Why should we give these people all this money if they're going to keep, uh, you know, uh, disobeying what we say and, and not listening? Uh, Gary, go ahead.
0: Well, you know, we finally have a president. who's doing exactly what he promised he's not backing down he's not kicking the can down the road any further he's not saying they don't want to fix the border we tried let's move on and he's putting his foot down and he's drawing a line in the sand now do you think if we tripled the money to any of these countries this crisis would end to would slow down absolutely in about
2: two seconds
0: yeah you you what look at President Trump is doing what should have been done many years ago. He's he's going to this country saying, we're giving you X number of dollars. You're supposed to be working with us, developing your economy, doing whatever to stop this from happening because we don't want all of these individuals coming into our country. That's not happening. If Again, I personally think if he doubled the money tomorrow, we'd still have the same problem. So that's number one. We have this issue. He's done what he has to do at, at with with the particular countries. But I think closing this border down and shutting it down completely and making Mexico suffer a little bit uh, economically. There's going to be some repercussions in this country, but that's just the way it's going to have to fall for a while until we get this under control. You know, the border control, the border patrol agents are at a breaking point. There's not enough agents to, res- to respond. They're babysitting now. It's not fair to us, the American people. And there's just not enough people out there to handle the situation. So you have to shut it down, you, you have to stop and make everybody sort of look at what's going on and say "This guy means business. we have to come up with some solutions and i and I firmly believe that he will keep this border shut down for as long as he has to to get a reaction for, especially from the Ameri- the mexican <coughs> the Mexican government. you know we can't have and you said a million i think it's going to be more like a million and a half coming into the country this year I you think have, over, a million, have, over a
2: million, over a million.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Over a million. You have 2.5 illegal. We let them go at the border and enter the country. We're exasperating the problem. We're not dealing with the problem at hand. So kudos to President Trump. I think this is the way to go. You know, I listen to, you know, you listen to them with the, the Democrats with the humanitarian crisis. There's been a humanitarian crisis for years, 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 year after year, all of a sudden, because it's President Donald Trump, it's, it's somehow it's gotten you know it's it's all his problem and it's worse and he's making it worse. Rory, that is not the case. He finally has drawn the line and said, "We are dealing with the wall. We're dealing with the border." And I really believe if he there are many people on both sides in the in the country that really are concerned about this influx from the south southern border. And uh, I think he's doing the right thing. You know, I sit and talk to people on a daily basis who tell me, oh, my God, this guy is so bad. How could he do that to these people? What about the American people? What about the cost to the American society? What about the, the, the gang members that are coming into this country? What about the disease? You know, the diseases because, you know, the, a lot of these, these children that are coming into the country haven't had their proper uh, medical shots and immunizations. What a danger to us. What about the American middle class or anyone in America who pays their taxes and wants to be protected from this? I never hear any politician on the left talking about the average Joe who's concerned about what's going on out there. So I'm all for this. I I think it's just the beginning. I think he is going to get his point across. I think he's going to continue with with um, with his demands, and some may call it rhetoric, but I think it's working, and I think we're going to find that, uh, sooner or later, those on the uh, on the left are going to f- going to fall to their knees, and they're going to want that wall built as well. I'm telling you, because look at it's all on tape. How many times we've heard from Pelosi to Schumer to whomever else that we need the wall and we need the border? So it's going to come right. back to haunt them. And, and let let's face the fact that
2: this is all political. This is all political. This is for the Democrat advantage. They want the votes. They know they can't. Resignate with the everyday worker, so they have to have illegals come in, and they want those votes because they know they know it will work for them because the illegals don't know any better. Well, at least most of them don't know any better. And then look at the ta- the burden on the taxpayers. You're absolutely right. And look at the, look at the safety issues it causes. Look at I probably read about a, a rape every other day from an illegal yeah, alien. Yeah. I probably read about a couple killings a week, uh, and it just goes. It's over and over. And you look at the Democrat lawyers that are at the border uh, meet, greeting these people, and it's, it's a complete setup. It's sick, sick stuff. And the fact that the left has gone so anti-America uh, is, is just disgraceful. At least the left used to have some sort of substance. I've never been a Democrat. I've never been a fan of their party. But at least they have, used to have some sort of substance, like in the Bill Clinton days, you know, back then. Uh, but it's it's really sad. It's it's scary. And they want to get illegal social security now. They want to well, give illegal they, alien social security.
0: Rory, they they come into the country, and you know, America a very generous country, and we have a safety oh, yeah. net this country. The safety yeah. net is for people that have been here. They worked here. They're American citizens. They either fall on hard times. They may be elderly or whatever else. Now, what they want to do is give everybody in the country, as well as any, everybody entering the country, this universal income where everyone yeah. is going to. They're giving you the safety net just in case you need the safety net. $30 right. trillion dollars a year, you know, and growing, impossible yeah. to even fund. It's more money than the, right. the federal government takes in on taxes in the course of a year. So they're throwing everything out there. To try and lure you know these in individuals to the country, I listened to um, i 'll think of his name in a second. Um, one of the Democrat congress people the other day, and he 's talking again about the humanitarian crisis, but they 're creating the humanitarian crisis because they're inviting these individuals to this country if you 're invited and you know there's some great benefits there. I don't care how much we give to your country. You're coming here because you're going to get it directly. The money we give to these, these countries down there, it never gets to the individuals that need it. It sticks within a certain power within the administration or
6: yeah, whoever
0: know the corrupt government, and it never gets to the individuals. That's why they're still leaving. That's why you could triple the money, and they'd still leave. Exactly. But, you know, it, it's, it's insane, and especially with this this talk about universal income for everybody, including – those that are, want to come to the, you know, just walk through the border this afternoon, and you know, tomorrow here you go, have your check. That's that's just luring, you know, a problem we don't need. And it's as you said, it's they're trying to buy votes. That's all they're trying to do.
2: And look at look at what they're doing, um, you know, with you know the fact that illegal illegal aliens are coming here illegally, and all the hardworking people that. You know, did the did the time and waited to become legal citizen. It's such a slap in the face. It's 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 a slap in the face to anybody that worked hard to come here legally. And I, I you know, it's just it really is in a sense appalling just to watch all this. And, and what really
0: what is really blows my mind. I, I did an interview this weekend on a on a, a with a lo, uh, local politician, and um, what she wants to do is. Make you know her city a sanctuary city and welcome everybody to her city. And I'm like, and she was offended, offended that I used the word "illegal" when I referred to these individuals. They're undocumented. I said, they are, you're 100 percent right. They are undocumented, but they're illegal. They're here illegally. And they refuse that, that's offensive to us. Well, it's offensive to me that people are entering my country illegally. It's you know, but the the, uh, imagine that they did not, they do not want to be called illegal because it it's there's a stigma that you're a criminal. I I mean, I I sort of have to want to whack myself on the head and saying what where am I coming over the border illegally? You are a criminal. I mean, they want to change the narrative and the definition to everything to suit their needs because sooner or later. The same thing we were talking about white privilege. If you say it enough yeah. to enough people, they'll feel bad for them. Let's welcome them. Let's let's make a you know a home for them in our country and screw the 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 taxpayer, the American uh, worker who's paying his taxes. The heck with him. The, hell, the heck with fixing the infrastructure for him or making sure his kids are ex- uh, educated properly. And it's out of control, and, and that's why we have to take the stance, and, and you, we cannot give up on this stance right now. We have. To, I think we're on a on a, a positive role and we have to keep with it
2: i hate when i hear the justification kevin i'm going to go to you right after but i hate when i hear the justification that you know we are a country of immigrants well yeah we are but legal immigrants we're not a country of illegal immigrants i mean that's one of the silliest talking points i've ever heard uh come out come out of anybody's mouth i mean it's one of the silliest and that's what the left uses uh kevin go ahead
4: I completely agree with what's been said, and I, as well as uh, most of Americans, I think could agree that we're tired of subsidizing all these different countries that are a failed state. They can't provide on their own, and they need American help, Western help, in order to support themselves, and immediately, once they stop getting the funds for it, you know, they're going to riot, have, uh, you know, a lot of chaos going on in the country. They're going to exodus up to our nation and try to get our uh, welfare programs, our uh, free schooling and uh, all the benefits of living in our our great country. But uh, the the major problem is is that we just don't have a border and it needs to be established as soon as possible. We've been talking about it. Trump's been talking about it. America wants it. So uh, the more that Trump says, you know, I'm going to shut down the border but doesn't do it, well, we're just having uh, an exponential rate of immigrants that want to get in our country down so I think it's just really important that we just shut off all this aid get our border up get our security up get the technology in there make sure we have an e-verify system so our workers are not being replaced by these that's immigrants. a
0: great point yeah,
2: yeah.
0: that's a great and, point uh,
2: I really think, yeah, I'll go continue kind of Kevin go ahead. Our national go ahead. So what were you saying Kevin you cut out for a second
4: Oh yes, uh, that's all it's going to take to bring back our national sovereignty and to, to bring you know our wages back up as uh, an e-verify system.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, Bill, go ahead.
3: Well, I you know the the liberals do. They they draw these people to the border to to you know they they want to garner votes obviously, but it also it brings higher populations into their – jurisdictions where they're elected which means more federal money for the for that those locations and that's why the big deal for the census oh you can't ask them if they're here illegally or not because the census is is used to to formulate the federal funds that, that are distributed through the states but these countries south of the border it, it's it, the, Trump's doing the right thing by cutting the funding off, but that's not the only way they get their money. And, and these countries that have come to understand out amount of their population out of their country because they're non-industrial type countries. They're not innovative and they don't create enough jobs to, to take care of their growing populations. And they also understand that when, when those people leave that country and come to the United States, that that anywhere from 30 to 50 percent of the income that those people in the United States makes gets sent back to that home country, and so that's that's really their economic engine is those things working in concert, those three things, and they have to keep that cycle going, and it's just an added bonus that the liberals are 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 you know telling them that you can have everything, you're going to get a check, and you're going to get health care, and you're going to get this and 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 that's just an example of just how little liberals understand how, how socialism never works because you, you eventually, you know, uh, what was it, Margaret Thatcher, I think, that said, you know, socialism is great until you run out of somebody else's money. And our, I'm not sure who said that, but th- that's the case that they just don't, un- they either they don't understand it or they don't care because they know that the breakdown won't happen in their lifetime.
2: Right, right. Uh, uh, Let's go to IQ. Go ahead, buddy.
6: Again, I I hear excuses and reasons of what's happening. Let me ask a question. The border is being invaded. You are being changed demographically. Did you realize this? You are. America is changing demographically. Somebody said a few years ago, 70, 80 years ago, maybe 100 years ago, 90% of the Americans were European. Now, you are a minority. So, demographically, you're being destroyed. I'm not talking about just white Americans. America is being destroyed demographically because the people who are coming in are not contributing, and they will not contribute. It will take a generation or two before they can contribute. Another generation or two is twenty ten to 20 years, and you have 1 million, million every year coming in. It's not sustainable. So, why can't you have a border with uh, mines, minefields? I don't understand why not. And don't tell me it's illegal. Who said it's illegal? United Nations? Why is it illegal? You're defending yourself. Can anybody think about why you can't have minefields to start with? It's cheaper and faster. No, the I, American it's what
0: people it's, would never go with I, I, look it. Look, there are a million things you could do around that border, and And you know it's funny you you talk about minefields, because that conversation has come up with as a means to stop the flow of individuals. but the 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 the, the you know the kind-hearted uh, liberals on the left and even even many on the right would cave to this issue because in you know when you talk to groups of people, and I didn't mean to jump in there, Rory, but when you talk to groups of people. One-on-one, two-on-two, they'll tell you their real feelings. You get them in a group, and they change their mind. They're like, whatever the conversation is going at, they sort of go with the flow. And that's part of the problem. There's a number of things we could do to stop this. There, People are afraid to do it because they're afraid of the consequences. The Not the political consequences, the social consequences. People are worried about their jobs. If if someone ever found out that was my the way I think they'd fire me, they would do whatever... And I keep asking myself, how did we get to this point? We got to this point because we've allowed ourselves to get to this point through political correctness and a number of other things. And there's a point in time when you just have to stop and say, we're not going to take it anymore. Whatever it takes to secure the border, we shouldn't be apologizing for securing up the border. When, you know it's, it's more difficult to get into countries like Syria than it is the southern border of this country. And I had someone say to me just this morning when I made that comment, well, Syria is trying to prevent terrorists from coming into their country. Well, who do you think we're trying to prevent? We're trying to prevent terrorists, yeah. human traffickers, drug dealers. I mean, they, they don't even yeah. stop and think what they're saying. They're so – the American people right. have become so programmed to a narrative that they, they just can't think on their own. Very true. Um, let's let's go to
2: uh, Mike Peters. Your thoughts. Go ahead.
7: Well, there's a couple of things. First off, uh, the comments earlier that these politicians were making saying that uh, – that Trump's only going to make it worse by cutting off the money. How is he going to make it worse when those people haven't been benefiting from the money we've been sending to begin with? As it was said earlier, one of the other gentlemen mentioned it, that uh, this money, I I doubt if this money or or even a small percentage is helping the the average person over there. And also, uh, another one of your um, your guests is 100% right. I see it all the time. Take a look at some of the bodegas and the signs that they have on here. About the money euros, about the money uh, money orders that they can send, and you see them waiting in line, sending money back home. Um, I went into my bakery and I asked, "Where's Victor?" One day, this is a couple of years ago. He said, "Oh, he's gone." What do you mean he's gone? Well, he stayed here. He made fifty thousand cash, saved it up. He kept sending it back to his home. And once he hit the fifty thousand mark, he turned himself into immigration, and they deported him back to his country. He's set for life now. That's all he wanted to do is make the 50000 That's and he's happy. And he already has a house and everything over there with his family, and now he's good to go. He can live like a rich man. I forget what country he was from. So it's all a game, and we're being bled dry. And this warped sense of compassion that the liberals have is killing us. Killing us. Yeah,
2: yeah. and when they, when they say, oh, well, illegals do jobs that American workers won't do, bullshit. That's one of the biggest cop-outs. Right justifications i've ever heard there's americans that are hurting because illegals are taking their jobs for cheap labor you know it's it's it's, it's hard the work
7: the work ethic too the work ethic too in america it's hard as you you know i mean i hire people to work for us and I, i can't find among the kids a work ethic anymore that because, I mean, does everything boil down to the school system and what these kids are taught from when they're young and brought up? And, and I, maybe. Because I get people that if, if I'm in a mess hall and a, and a unit tells me, okay, dinner's at 1800 but we're stuck on the range, and we got to delay it another two hours. And I've told my guys, you know, guys, we have to work another two hours and then clean up. And I can't do that. I'm supposed to go out. I've got a date tonight. I've got to go to a dinner. Um, I can't work an extra two hours. I have to leave with these people today want to be paid to breathe. They don't want to be paid to work, so there's a work ethic too issue. I, I I don't get it. I, I maybe the schools are at fault. Maybe the liberals have taken control of so many aspects of our lives that they mutated what used to be America. So
2: yeah, I, I uh, let's go, to Daryl. Daryl, go ahead. Yeah. So I
8: mean, you know, I, I think some important things here to discuss, and, and again, let's look at the premise of, of what's going on here. Um, in terms of sort of the, the notion that Americans, that we owe some sort of a debt to the third world to, to sort of, uh, you know, clothe and feed them and shelter them. This, again, goes back to that, that fundamental premise that, that there is something, there is a, a unique relationship with the African-American community, right? And there, there's a conversation that, we can, that can be had at this point about whether or not the welfare and the aid has actually benefited that community. And, and the statistics, the numbers seem to show that actually know that the welfare state has been deeply disastrous to the African American community. But what the left has done is they've taken the the black civil rights model and they've applied it to everything, right? So so you know Rosa Parks on a bus has been equated to a man demanding entrance into a women's restroom. And I mean not only is that offensive to uh, to whites, but I mean I think that 's also extremely offensive frankly to the african American community the, the reality is that we don 't owe anything to mexico we don 't owe anything to el salvadorians when, when you are, when a nation is being flooded with migrants from another country it 's actually an act of war is what that is uh, this is the, the, as, this is the radical transformation of the the cultural and ethnic identity of the country so President is absolutely correct to shut down the border. I might even go a step further. Um, as you know, I've called for a complete moratorium on all immigration that does not directly reinforce our cultural and ethnic identity. That's the hard reality of where we're at. We're talking now about shutting the door. Everyone is already in. right? So, so at a certain point, Having this conversation about shutting the doors, as nice as it is, um, it, we're sort of running out of time for that. We have to actually now be doing things proactively to restore our identity. Because the real question here, and I think IQ's comments are, are really great, because he comes at this from another culture, and he's just saying this is bananas. Why are you allowing this to happen? And uh, you know the reason why is because there, there is no longer uh, there is no longer enough of an American base to actually oppose all of these things. The the transformation has already occurred. The number is already there. We have a democratic system. That's a majority rules system. And it becomes increasingly difficult. So as these changes are occurring and as these trends are continuing, it becomes increasingly more difficult for Republicans to do things like win elections. That's why it's so critical now that we have the executive branch. We've seen a bipartisan expansion of the the powers of the executive branch. This opportunity, you know, I don't like to go into these conversations of, oh, man, you know, 2020 is going to be a cakewalk for President Trump. I don't necessarily buy into that. I know just as the leftist strategists know that in places like Michigan and Pennsylvania in 2020, there are such and such many less white working class people, and there are so and so many more. Of the you know the urban mixed communities coming out of these ballooning uh, welfare state cities, and uh, so this represents a major problem. So so now that we have the executive branch, I mean the president needs to be doing things like this, things like this that are aggressive. Or, or frankly, you know what's going to happen is that these these outside communities and I Q his community he looks at this this is insane he would never allow this to happen. And what's going to happen in places like like you know France? where they're welcoming in migrants from all over the world, they're going to be democratically voted out okay, by a replacement patriarchal society coming from the Middle East. right? The United States is a totally different thing, but this is the situation. The, the, the country is radically changing, and conversations about slowing and stopping are almost no longer sufficient. So what we need to be doing is we need to be crafting uh, strategies that actually are proactive. And we have to do this in a humane manner because we're sort of – we're playing with fire here, right? I mean this is, this is kind of where the rubber hits the road, and it's a very unpleasant situation. And I know for many of your audience listening that these, these are not pleasant things to think about. And it's so important that we ground these views in faith, faith in God. We have to bring ourselves – we have to atone ourselves – before our God, we need to get right with God because we have a tremendous job ahead of us, and it's going, to, it's going to require a tremendous amount of fortitude and courage to do the things that are going to be necessary. And we have to be crafting quickly policies that address these manners in a frank and direct way because the longer we wait, the less pleasant the options on the table are.
7: Rory, if I can, one thing. Yeah, go ahead. What, Rory? If one thing that I've noticed, uh, just to, to mention, I agree with you with everything you said, but there's there's a new group of Americans out there uh, of, of real patriots that have come up, and I know some people are going to listen and they say, Nah, nah, nah. I'll tell you, I've seen it firsthand. Where young soldiers that have come back from deployment that before they left, and I I know, you know, I get to know a lot of the kids. I call them kids. I shouldn't call them. A lot of these young men. And when they come back, they have a different sense of America than they had when they, came, when they left. And I've seen the change. And I've seen this attitude. And I see the anger, how they've turned at what they're seeing the Democrats doing. Like right now, there's one of the, the Facebook pages. It's a private page for a lot of the soldiers. And they're really upset about this thing that the Democrats are doing down in, in Washington, where outside of their offices, they're replacing the POW MIA flags with transgender Pride flags to protest trump's military ban that's pissing off the soldiers now you've got democrats that are alienating the wrong people these people also vote so there's a lot of pride out there in america that the average american they might not see it right now but these there's a change that's happening it's happening slowly i agree i'd like to see it faster but uh They've been educated I I wish there was a way we could send some of the other The average ma and pa kettle overseas And let them get a taste of what the real world is like And then they come back here with a different attitude But it makes me feel I'm proud to see that these soldiers Come back with that attitude after going to deployments So there is a change Well well said Um, I do
2: want to take a quick commercial I want everybody to stick around But anybody have any final thoughts on this topic?
6: Yes There are 69 states in the world, 69 countries in the world, surrounded by walls, by barbed wire. Why America is the only one being picked up by the left, saying they shouldn't have any borders? Nobody points out the facts. As I said, everybody is on this defensive. Everybody is on the defensive in America. When you should be on the offensive with the left... Because the left is undermining the whole of Western civilization. By the way, not only in America. The left in Europe is doing exactly the same thing. Back to you.
2: Yeah, very true. V- very true. Um, I, will, I will go to a quick commercial unless anybody has any final thoughts on this. Okay. All We'll be right back, everybody.
10: Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for
2: online video production. Hello everybody, this is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else and all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, getyourappbuilt.com, for your free consultation, and contact us today. Thank you. All righty. We are back. The Rory Sauter Show, worldwide, coast-to-coast, listened to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any past clips or past episodes, or need twenty four seven breaking news coverage? Please visit our new media site, the Next, N-E-X, gen, G-E-N All right, everybody, I want to. I really want to talk about this, and it's obviously been bothering me, and it's been bothering every other, uh, you know, conservative. The the whole FISA thing, uh, we saw what the Obama campaign did, and you know, with all of their uh operatives, Rosenstein, Brennan, the Clapper, uh, you know, it just goes on and on. McCabe, Stork, and it it really is sickening, and it's sad, and it's scary. I've said on my show many times, the fact that our Justice Department, the fact that the Justice Department, you know, the, the CIA, the, F- the FBI, whoever, all these people associated with uh, Obama's cabinet. Were spying on the Trump campaign. Were doing all this stuff behind closed doors and secretively. It makes you wonder what else they've been lying to us about. Because for all this time they had all this power, and if if, if they did, you know, one corrupting, they they're, if they're guilty of one corrupting, they're guilty of a million other. There's no doubt about that. There is no doubt, and. All this different information coming out, it's like we learn a little bit more every day. And I really think shit's going to hit the fan in in the coming months uh, now that we're back on offense and Trump's officially cleared. So I want to play what Giuliani uh,
5: said about Mueller the other night on Fox News uh, 1-4. All right, joining us now, President Trump's attorney, uh, former New York City Mayor Rudy (laughs) Giuliani. Mr. Mayor, good to see you. Thank you for being here. Sean,
11: that was was an absolutely terrific uh, monologue. I have to say i
5: I, I coming from that's those are those are high words of praise sir, and um we've been friends a long time. we have. Uh, I used to call into my late night radio show <laughs> that's not far back when you were mayor um, I, I, you know a full complete vindication, especially obstructions out i mean the uh, the attorney general said it's over, quoted Mueller uh also said he'd release the report. This wasn't a comprehensive summary of the report, but It's interesting, while, no, Mueller didn't make a decision on the obstruction side of things, he just laid it out and handed it to the Justice Department, which then immediately, clearly, the Attorney General and Rod Rosenstein said no. Well, I mean, first, first of all, one of the things the Democrats are
11: doing today and the day before, on collusion, let's be clear, Mueller did reach a conclusion that there was no... Collusion of any kind. He went so far as to say he used all the words you could possibly use: conspiracy, coordination, not just with the president but with the entire staff. So that's about, and that comes from Mueller. On obstruction, he said, "I don't find any, um, I, I don't find any basis to charge a crime, but I can't exonerate." Him. And uh, the difficult issues of law and fact. I imagine he had a he had like a dispute in his staff but none of it amounts to any finding of a crime and prosecutors are not supposed to exonerate generally so he he apparently three weeks ago he gave it to the Attorney General Rosenstein and the Office of Legal Counsel they spent three weeks looking at it and came to the conclusion I've told you from the very beginning this whole obstruction theory is a creation of of, uh, Andrew Weissman who's created crimes before and then been uh, reversed by the Supreme Court of the United States for finding crimes out of the thin air. In that case, against businessmen he didn't like. In this case, against Donald Trump, who he despises. I mean, this is a Hillary Clinton partisan. This is a guy who worked with Peter Strzok, who we know hates Trump. I mean, Mueller had on his staff eight or nine Trump haters, which is unprecedented in the prosecution staff. So if they didn't find a basis to charge him with anything... They exonerated him. They did everything they could, including putting a man in solitary confinement for eight or nine months to break him, and they couldn't break him.
6: So So this is about
11: as big an exoneration as I've ever seen, and I've been in the prosecution business for, I don't know, since 1970s. And to try to reverse it is, I mean, I think they look look foolish and they look pathetic. And I am confident that the – I said this from the very beginning. I haven't read the report. I haven't seen it. They can put out every part of it. It is not going to show either one. Otherwise, you couldn't come to the conclusions you came to. And second, I mean, if they have yes, a few right. nasty facts in there, I'm ready to slam it down their throat. Because we have an 87-page report, which we will use. And there are some things that the special counsel did that I don't think they're going to want people to hear. They acted in ways that outrage me as a person who cares about justice
5: you know you, you let's start with the team that was appointed how how do you justify only Democratic donors being appointed by Mueller how do you justify hiring Hillary Clinton's attorney uh, you know you mentioned Andrew Weissman we have gone over this record a lot as a result he once he was held responsible for withholding exculpatory evidence tens of thousands of, of Enron accounting people lost their jobs overturned 9-0 in the Supreme Court that doesn't happen a lot and then put four mayoral executives in jail for a year, that was overturned by the Fifth Circuit. How does somebody like that get chosen in this? Th- th- I have a big problem, Mr. Mayor, Well, you that. should have a big problem, uh,
11: Sean. It's outrageous and it never should happen again. I mean, I've, I had, had great respect for Bob Mueller. When he was first appointed, although, you know, people, want, I said, well, yeah, this is a fair guy. Then when he picked the staff that he picked, I thought he kind of lost his mind. I mean, you don't pick a counsel to the Clinton Foundation to investigate Donald Trump, any more than if I were investigating Hillary, I'd pick counsel to the Trump Foundation. If I did, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and all those characters would go nuts. So that was the first giveaway. Weissman is probably the most notorious federal prosecutor you could find. Everything done wrong in this investigation, he's done wrong before. He charged non-crimes. That was the Supreme Court reversed him for. He charged people with things that are not crimes. Well, he's done that in this case. Obstruction, that's his crazy theory. Not, not Mayor, a legitimate look, look. theory, and the prosecution of Cohen for campaign fraud. That's ridiculous theory. He made it up.
5: Let me, Last quick question, um, and I, I, by the way, I'm nobody that should be questioning. Um, I know your legal background. You were in the Southern District of New York. As prestigious, you, you, you prosecuted some of the toughest mob guys in the country. Uh, why waive executive privilege? Why wouldn't, why would, I don't think that should happen. Maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, I think the question is, if there's any kind of privilege
11: asserted, it's going to be, oh, what's there, what's there, what's there? I can't, I can't give you an opinion on executive privilege. I'm not the White House counsel and I'm not Barr. I don't see all of that. I can only give you the opinion of a private lawyer. I don't care what they put out. He didn't collude. He didn't obstruct. God, do we have it's to say over. it again? You're right. He, and I can prove <laughs> it. So give me what you got, and I will knock it out of the ballpark. That's the okay. truth. How
5: about that? The truth. I, want, I do. It's 87 pages. Your report, I want to see it.
11: Yeah, well, you'll see it and someday, I to... and, and I hope I don't have to use it. But if we have to use it, he didn't collude. He didn't obstruct. Grow up, guys. It's like getting used to the fact he got elected. Go see a psychiatrist. Calm down. And <laughs> oh, adjust man. to
5: the real world. Well, I, I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see the five applications. I want to see three oh, OTs that one, that gang one's of lead eight to
11: perjury prosecutions. Guaranteed, the
5: they're the going to release it. Of. Told me on Wednesday. Okay, Mr. Mayor, thank you for being with us on this busy breaking news night. Uh, Gary, Gary, I want, I want your thoughts. I mean, think about
2: the facts, though. You know, they never had any legitimate cause or sufficient evidence uh, to to obtain this warrant. To investigate Trump, they only did it because they didn't want him to win the election, and they wanted to make sure that Hillary
0: w- was in. Do You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when you listen to uh, Rudy Giuliani just speak, and you stop, and you I'm listening, saying to myself. Somebody has to pay for what went on, you know obviously this that we have to investigate
2: over twenty five million in taxpayers
0: over twenty five million in taxpayers, but think of what was going on in the Justice Department and probably in the white house let's let's all be you know real honest with one another where this probably started from and it it the american pe the American people should be. Outraged, They should be boiling. It doesn't matter what your political affiliation is, because what just happened could happen over and over again if we don't put our foot down and try and figure out where it came from and how we prevent it. But most of all, people have to be prosecuted for what went on. I firmly believe that sooner or later, probably sooner than later, the president is going to – There's information is going to come out that is going to start pinpointing who really did what, You know how they did it and they're going to have to go after these individuals because you know think about what Mueller did to people that wasn't an investigation that was strong arming. I had um, someone from the Trump administration on the air uh, several months ago and he went through 40 hours of interrogation by Mueller and he said it was in closed doors no closed rooms no windows um threatening his family threatening that they were you know they he was going to go after his family et cetera. Et cetera. We, we're 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 americans this is not how our judicial system is supposed to work this is totally outrageous so there has to be an investigation i think the more this information starts coming out people are going to demand it but it's just a scary process that went on and i think we should be more outraged than we are as Americans. That's the part I don't get that so many people are sort of like, oh, well, you know, they're almost all right with it, it you know, because it, it didn't happen to them. It could happen to any one of us, maybe not to that degree at any point in time. Yeah, you're
2: absolutely right. Very, very well said. Uh, Kevin, go ahead.
4: Oh, yes. so I. Very, very, yes, I'm very very glad that uh, the topic's brought up because uh, executive authority is, I believe, the only real way we're going to make a real difference. Uh, Congress is so absolutely in, uh, you know, in lock, um, in gridlock right now, and uh, my club has this discussion all the time about at, at what point do we uh, tolerate uh, how much uh, constitutional oversight um, we're. Uh, that the president is uh, is uh, allowed to have um, to his own executive authority um, to uh, act against uh, these treasonous criminals that are absolutely abusing our constitutional authority um, and have no constitutional oversight whatsoever. I think uh, it's something very tangible needs to be done right now um, to get these people out of power. The deep state is still in power, and the, the evidence has been out. Everyone knows about it. At least everyone that's been following these these stories knows about it. Um, So I I absolutely believe that uh, Trump is the number one person that is is able to make a tangible impact here because uh, Congress isn't Mm going to do it. The Supreme Court's not going to do it.
2: Who's going to do it? You know, you're you're absolutely right. And we've seen everything President Trump has done. And, And the guy's invincible. The guy is invincible. I mean, the guy... The guy's bulletproof. I mean, like, he he can do anything, and I absolutely agree. The time time is now to do it. I mean, it is, because we have a president that we we will never see another president like this ever again. Uh, We have the greatest president in the history of politics in office right now. We've seen him fulfill nearly 80% of his agenda in a two-year time frame. Most presidents don't even fulfill 10% of their agenda after eight years. So we have, a, uh, we have a president that's a miracle worker and a guy that can take on anybody. We saw, we, we've seen him defeat the media. We've seen him de- defeat the establishment. He, he, this guy is unstoppable, and, and I, I really think, uh, you know, he's doing a lot behind closed doors uh, in terms of putting stuff together to to uh, put, put some of these people away. I mean, some of these people, we have to send a message because we cannot allow people to get away with, phony investigations, and, and all of these sick games that uh, the left has been playing. It's not cool. It's un-American. Uh, and it's, it, there's no other word to describe it other than disgraceful. Um, Bill, go ahead.
3: Yeah, well, you know, Obama knew about it. It, it. I mean, if he didn't, he was the only one in, yep. in Washington, to D.C. who didn't know about it. Of course he knew. Um yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it may have been orchestrated by Clinton with Obama's blessings, but, but, you know, he was a micromanager, and he knew everything that was going on, and, and you know, but this, we're we're kind of starting two years back. I mean, you know, for, for two years in all essential purposes, we didn't have a, an attorney general, and we didn't have a Department of, of Justice that was about justice. And it it got convoluted with Mueller and and Mueller whatever the hell his name is and um, so we're kind of at a starting over point except the the the, the, the mistake that the that, that the Comies and the and the Brennan's and 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 those and Clintons and all that did was to incorporate lower level people like Lisa Page because. They're not going the – at least the pages, and they're probably throughout, and there's probably a lot of bureaucrats that they incorporated into this to commit very serious crimes where people aren't going to have any option except to turn over the real things that took place by the those above them. And you're going to see uh, – I, I agree. I think in the next six months, you're going to see some really heavy-duty indictments for some really serious crimes because really – That's the only way to instill public confidence back into this government now. Yeah,
2: I agree with you. Um, IQ, go ahead.
6: Well, again, we go back to the same. Started all with Obama. And unless some people who did this are taken to court and they found guilty to be put in prison for a lifetime, the United States justice system would never recover. I mean, I'm looking at all these and abuse of power, and it reminds me of the Soviet Union. Yeah. You talk about America, but it reminds me of the Soviet Union. It's disgusting. It really is disgusting what has happened under Obama and subsequent to Obama. Yeah. It's the collapse um, of America. Oh, go ahead. most Thank people go ahead. don't realize? Sorry, go on. Go ahead.
2: No, I wanted you to continue your thought. Go ahead.
6: I mean, to continue to progress, America has to put these people on trial. They have to be found guilty under the law and then persecuted because they have caused so much havoc. And as you said, it cost maybe $25 million. What was this $25 million was wasted. Lives were destroyed. And none of these people who were destroyed had anything to do with collusion with uh, with, uh, Trump. There was no collusion. He always said, there was. okay, I don't have to believe him. We don't have to believe him. But it's true. There was no collusion. And if there was no collusion, there's no obstruction. And yet 47% of Americans still believe what the Democrats are telling them. 47% of Americans are brain dead. I've been saying this for the last two years. They're brain dead. And you can't change them. That's the tragedy. You can't change them. Back to you, sir. Uh, like Mitt uh, Romney there. Peters.
2: Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, Daryl, is that you? I'll let you go in a second. Uh, Mike Peters, go ahead.
7: I'm just really upset that the American people aren't awake enough to really be angry enough to understand. Maybe they just don't understand how deep and how involved this is, and they don't want to understand. They're too lazy to understand it. Uh, because normally there'd be people in the streets over this um, and demanding the information. Um, I, plus, another thing that I think would bring it to the dinner table would be if uh, Trump would release the information, release all the, don't let them redact it, release everything that we have, even from other investigations and other information that he has uh, that would expose Hillary and, and all of these other people and really clean house. I think the American people would be shocked and I think he should do it. I don't know why he's not. Why he's not throwing this out? So these people that you believe, these people you listen to, and CNN, all the rest of them, have at There's a pile of paperwork. Go for it. Here's the truth. And he should do it. Yeah,
2: it is. It, it is said that uh, Attorney General Barr will be releasing the por- report in mid in mid April. So in the coming weeks, he'll be he'll Redacted. be re- re- uh, releasing it.
7: Redacted though. They said they want the time so they can clean it up.
2: Now, what? what, So, and that—that, you know, that's a little bit. um, I I don't know the. You know, I don't want to say nerve wracking or or kind of. uh, You know, I would just say I wish they wouldn't have redacted it. Unless there were a lot of fabrications and a bunch of bullshit that didn't add up, then I would understand why.
7: Or something for national security, like if they named agents or something in the CIA operatives that we have that you can't release that. I get that, but anything else that implicates uh, any of these politicians that are over here, uh, if they're pedophiles, and I have no doubt they are, in in uh, Congress, I want I want them out. Expose it. No more favors. Any of this BS that's going on, just clean it up. Clean house. I, I hear you, uh, D- Daryl. Go ahead. Yeah and in uh, IQ I was making
8: a joke because that was Mitt Romney's comment that got him torched. He said uh you know 47% of the voters he was never going to reach and I just thought it was funny because he made really that that exact point and um I think he was largely right on that and I think I think you were too. And and, and on this particular stuff, I mean this is some very specialized stuff and I'm not I'm not a uh, an attorney, okay? So the best that I can do about these these technicalities and these types of things is I can I can pare it back some some talking points. I mean I think what Rudy Giuliani said and and these things are I mean absolutely that there's a tremendous amount of uh, you know technical crime that has been committed. But but you know call me a romantic, but I, I sort of take a step back from all this and. And I, An institutional interpretation of what treason is, and I look at the entire American left, and I realize that they're actually involved in naked treason. Uh, the academics, the media elites, all of the politicians, we've spent uh, how long? An hour, an hour and a half discussing how the policies of the left are by nature anti-American, and it's absolutely correct. When you actually just step back, you see what the Constitution says about treason. Forget about FISA warrants these people are all traitors. And uh, I think what Kevin keyed in on is absolutely correct, which is that the only way that we're going to see serious action taken on on this is with executive authority. And, and I certainly implore President Trump to use every weapon at his disposal to put the screws to these people. That's certainly what I intend to do with, uh, with my presidency in 2024. And uh, again, stepping back from the technicalities, all of these little these little things the big picture this is a movement of treason and of course the issue is that they're they're one of the two party system this is this is now half of the country but i think that we need to actually start with our dialectic we need to start framing things front on you know when your party is about open borders and using the taxpayer resources to subsidize the replacement of americans i mean this is what this is this is not just like a a clever thing this is a an act of treason and betrayal uh, that that really has very little historical precedent. I mean, you you look at the great collapses. There's a lot of things in common. You have the degeneracy, the cultural collapse, you know, the the garbage, the sexual immorality. These types of things are common, but you don't actually really find a, a precedent for what's occurring in, in Western civilization, which is that the political class is actually directly selling out their own people. To uh, you know, the outside world, to the, to the third world essentially, and uh, that that needs to be that needs to be viewed in a in a very clear and, and sober light. And you know, I'm I'm less concerned about going around the the, the proxy effects of these things, that the gang violence and the reasons why we justify pushing back on these things, the reality is the country is being transformed and it's being done deliberately. That is the national emergency, the replacement of traditional Americans. That's the emergency. Wow.
2: Very well said. Um, I want to, I want to um, open the phone lines Uh, Call it 213-943-3828 Everybody Again that's 213-943-3828 Everybody Uh, Looks like we have Somebody on the line From St. Louis Hello Caller from St. Louis Thank you for calling Into the Rory Sutter Show How may I help you
9: Well You know I heard the gentleman Mention about treason It's not treason Unless you're at war Against somebody And we're not at war with anyone. But, you know, here's the thing. The politics in this country is so jacked up. And when you look at the southern border, the invasions that's going on there, there needs to be either one or two things. You either have to have a strong militia to stop that, or you have to have the military. Another point. The ultimate authority in the United States is not Trump. It's not Congress. It's those generals that are sitting there on the Pentagon. They are the ultimate authority that if the politicians can't get it right, then they will step in and get it right. Is that not what you see in other countries? And first of all, some of the first things that they need to go after is these judges – the next thing is the people that's paying for and instigating and coaching and training these people down in the South America to do what they're doing. They need to be got, went out there, captured and brought to justice, a military justice. I'm sorry, that's just the way it's going to have to be. If your politicians can't get it right, and I, and I support Trump. <laughs> I've heard people say he's weak. I've been watching presidents since Eisenhower. He's the best I've ever seen. But hell, when Amen. things are so jacked up, I don't know what to tell you. And American public is that forty-seven percent is dumb. No matter what comes out of that report, you have to you, you have to protect the innocent. Well, you have to protect those that served on grand juries because they are in the public. So their names and that information has to be redacted. But uh, no matter what it says, you still got some dummies here. That's a problem. Yeah. Anyway. I,
2: I hear you. Uh, Mike Peters, uh, you want to respond?
7: Well, yeah, the thing about treason, I mean, treason, is, we're not talking just with, during wartime. I mean, uh, treason is, is the crime of betraying one's country, especially by attempting to kill a sovereign or overthrow the government. So there are treasonous acts that you can commit, and if you're doing something against this government or any which they are, or conspiring, hmm. uh, well, to do, then you're, you're, it's an act of treason, and you could be charged, whether it's wartime or not. And some well, of these you people together the should be tried.
9: You know, you got a, a, a congressperson there in Maryland, uh, Elijah Cummings, said that uh, you, we need to allow the caravans because the Constitution says so. That is the oh, most really? dangerous that's, thing I've ever heard.
7: Well, not I've ever
9: heard, but nowadays you hear so much no anymore you don't know how to rank
7: it. But the, the problem is they interpret. These people are interpreting everything the way they want to. They feel that the Constitution is a living document, that they have the right to interpret everything to fit their needs, their agenda for today. That's what they believe. So in their mind, that's what it says. And well you got to the Supreme this. Court. To step in and stop the interpretation and really set the, the ground rules down. You got and, to stop
9: uh, it, these influx across the southern border. These people are coming here, they're getting entrenched, they want to start controlling things uh, politically. Then you're going to have a hell of a mess on your head. I mean, I hate to say it like yeah. that, but that's the truth.
8: Yeah, and if you know, if I could jump in on that, because I think Mike, you're, you're correct, and I think that the caller makes a good point here as well. You know, when when you look at Article Three and what it says about treason, there is certainly room for ambiguity, and I and I think that, uh, you know, certainly aiding and abetting the enemy is is something that can be construed in multiple ways. Uh, That being said, you know, we do have to deal with the judiciary, and uh, you know, we do want to make sure that that we're doing these things in in a way that's actually going to be effective. And and I think in in this sense, I would I would take a, a page out of the Bush playbook where you declare war on something abstract like terror, uh, as president, I would declare war on cultural Marxism. And uh, by, by doing that, that would certainly open many doors for us in terms of uh, prosecuting these these perverts, deviants, and, and other traitors. Back to you, Rory.
2: Yeah,
1: okay, I, I, just... I, I agree.
2: I agree. And, and anybody else want to respond? Go ahead. Bill?
3: Oh, I think the, the, that's an accurate inaccurate assessment you 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 know you, these these people you, you can't have a, a society is going to break down unless unless this is brought to light this society is not going to survive if if this isn't it, it gets resolved now it, it it's not going to get better you can't just sweep it under the rug and say well it's not going to happen again it, they'll learn from what they did this time and they won't make the same mistakes, and it'll they'll be it'll be even worse the, the next time. So you have to, you know, you have to stop it now. It's like a child's behavior. If you don't stop it when the child is five years old, don't think you're going to stop it when the child's 25 years old.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. I agree. And uh, Iq, I'll let you respond. I know you have a thought. Go ahead,
6: Iq. Again, we come to the border and the security of the United States of America. I mean, this is so basic, it's it's so elementary, it's unbelievable. And and again, I repeat, unfortunately, 47% of Americans are brain dead, they don't realize, or they don't want to know. For whatever reason, this is a catastrophe in America today, that people, they can see what's happening, they can hear what's happening, but they are in denial. How to resolve this one, I honestly can't answer you. But as I said, you can put on the border minefields to start with. You put a sign, you cross, you're dead. There are 67 states in the world out of 192 countries who have borders. The reason they have borders is the same thing why you have doors and gates and fences to protect yourself. But somehow the, the left is completely unhinged. Not only about Trump, by the way. They're completely unhinged about everything to do with reality. Back to you, sir.
2: Yeah, I, and I there you
6: are. Co- love...
8: Oh, go ahead. Can I just? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to jump over you, Rory, but IQ, I love your comments. I just, I hope you don't mind me asking, but what, what's your what's your native country? Where are you from?
6: Originally from Iraq.
8: Iraq, awesome. Uh, it, let me ask you something. What what would you do to these uh, leftist pervert politicians in Iraq?
6: We would have executed them within 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous. I, wait, wait, wait. I know it sounds obscene, but this is exactly the fact. They would have been executed within 24 hours for treason.
2: Yeah. back it's to true. you,
6: Corey. I rest my
2: case. Uh, and, and there was a new poll out today. 61% of likely voters. No, they don't. They don't want any more investigations uh, from Mueller. Uh, you know, they're basically the poll came out. Uh, it, it said, "Well, what it said exactly was no more investig no more investigations into Trump after Mueller." I mean, they're they're pretty much done with the whole witch hunt. They're tired of it. You know, sixty one percent. That's pretty significant. I, you know, I thought it would be a little lower than that because there's still uh, quite a few people on the left. But uh, and I also wanted to say, which was a pretty interesting number: thirty percent of people that attended the Michigan rally were Democrats. There were, 30, there were Dem- 30% of Democrats that were at Trump's Michigan rally last week. It was the first rally he's done since the Mueller report came out. I found that kind of fascinating. Uh, Kevin, go ahead.
4: Uh, yes, well, IQ is absolutely correct. I mean, oh, I would love to see some executions, but I, I'm not going to go that far right now. Uh, that, <laughs> uh, immigration is the number one issue, really, that, uh, that Americans are really concerned about. And I would uh, also say that uh, the second most important thing is exactly what Daryl has said. It's cultural Marxism. It's a playbook that's being used against us. Uh, We're having, you know, we're gaining no ground whatsoever when uh, our entire institutions are, especially education um, and our government is just obsessed with this cultural Marxist uh, playbook. So uh, absolutely educating and getting the word out that we need to stop all these issues uh, from occurring is, uh, that's what Americans
2: need right now. Yeah. Hey, I want to I wanna play a clip. I just want to switch topics just a little bit. Um, if anybody has any final thoughts, go ahead. But I, I want to play a clip uh, regarding something the Puerto Rico governor said about Trump. And it's really pissing me off. And I think it's pissing a lot of people off. Uh, you know, this guy opens his mouth and tries to act like a big tough guy, this Puerto Rico governor. And, and it totally... Uh, plays the victim you know uh, says that Puerto Rico's getting treated like crap, you know trump's not helping them. you know what, dude Trump has helped your co- your, your, uh, your 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 place more than more than any other person would i mean they he's done more for Puerto Rico uh, i think than 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 he should have and, and they're still bitching, they're still whining they're still complaining they're still blaming Trump. You know, this Puerto Rico governor is supposed to be a Republican, but he's a a freaking rhino. There is nothing Republican about this guy, and he's always been kind of a punk. I mean, he's been talking crap about Trump for a long time, and he sat down with, uh, you know, our favorite liberal uh, lunatic, Jim Acosta from CNN. Uh, Here's what the governor had to say from Puerto Rico. Absurdity. Here we go. One five.
4: Tensions are escalating between the governor of Puerto Rico and President Trump during a closed-door meeting with Republicans. President Trump complained about the amount of disaster relief going to the island in the wake of Hurricane Maria. And in this exclusive CNN interview, the governor of Puerto Rico is giving a clear warning to President Trump.
0: Does it feel that way sometimes? That you're dealing with a bully?
4: If, if the bully gets uh, close, uh, I'll
2: punch the bully in the mouth.
7: Just like that. And this
2: guy, and this guy expects Trump to give him stuff and help, it, help him. I mean, come on! You're gonna talk about the president of the United States like that, pal? I guarantee you that guy wouldn't wouldn't say that shit if he was uh, out in the, in the open. He wouldn't say. He says it behind a camera. Acts like a tough guy. Acts like a fucking tough guy. I can't stand people like this. And open their their fucking mouth. And, and they think they're hot shit, think they're something fucking special, and they think that, you know, they, they, can, they can say whatever they want, and, and it, it's not going to backfire on them. There, there's a lot of people livid about his comment. You don't, you don't talk about the president of the United States like that, and you don't talk uh, uh, about somebody like that that you're trying to get help from. I mean, the amount of victim status that uh, Puerto Rico uh, has has. You know, has taken uh, I mean, the, the way they act You know, their mentality, their whole victim stance It's absurd, it's disgusting You know, and, and, and they are a bunch of crooks uh, I'm sure many people have seen These articles out That their politicians were pocketing A lot of the money that Trump was sending Down there And don't, don't forget about all All the food and water that Trump sent Down there And the that uh, What's that cunt's name? The mayor in uh, in Puerto Rico, uh, the liberal, the liberal witch. She's a witch. And uh, she said she turned it away. She turned it away. And said, oh, Trump's not helping us. Trump's not helping us. I mean, it's such a political stunt.
5: It's such crap. I'm tired of these how about people. The, uh,
9: how about the first bid to put up the electrical towers was so outrageous they had to back away from it?
2: Yeah, uh, and, and here, here, I mean, the fact that they take no accountability, they don't give any sort of thing, they're entitled, their whole and, and and they want to become a state. Yeah, good fucking luck. Oh my god. Um, let let's go to, uh, Bill. Go ahead.
5: Well, you, you that's
3: indicative of, of liberals. They attack you and then say, "Give me." You know you're bad, I'm good, so I deserve what you have. I mean that that's that's the that's the bullying tactic, and that that's part of, of if if you can convince me, you know it goes back to that old thing. If, if you say uh, say something long enough, it becomes a reality to some people, and yeah. that it, it applies to you know blaming people because they're white. Or this guy, you know, sounds bad, but I want to be, I want to have all these things that, you know, Bernie Sanders does it, Clinton does it, they all do it, that's all, that's their MO in order to get yeah. their way. They're like petulant children that, that have nothing except their own anger and, and lack of understanding and frustration, and since there's no way that they can blame themselves, they have to blame you. And their only fix to that is, is we take everything that you have so that we can fix all our own problems, and then you get left well outside said. to
2: whatever happens. Yeah, well said. And, uh, Kevin, go ahead.
4: Uh, I don't think there's any more I can add to that. He said it absolutely uh,
6: perfectly.
2: <laughs> okay, let's go to uh, IQ.
6: There's nothing else to add, really. I mean, it's pathetic what's happening. Everything to do with the Democrat Party is pathetic. It's treasonous. There is no question it's treasonous. Uh, the gentleman said you've got to be at war. You don't have to be at war. You don't really have to. I mean, open borders, welcome anybody. What kind of—there's uh, lo- no logic. There's no morality here. There's no decency, none. I mean, we are repeating ourselves every single time in every single interview. Not because we want to, but this is the reality. Right, right. No, I I hear you.
2: Um, and if Trump ever said something like that, that he, was, I mean, I mean, I'm not, you know the media. He, Trump has made some funny, you know, funny comments, you know, in good in good humor, and the media has totally uh, crucified him for it. And the the media with guys like the Puerto Rican governor, they're basically glorifying it. And, yeah, all the attacks on Trump. Yeah, we love it. Keep going.